Hello, and welcome back to the Self Healer Soundboard. Today's episode, we're going to chat about creativity. So this topic was actually inspired after we as a team just recently hit a deadline for a creative project. Um, I took a moment really to reflect um, on the concept of creativity overall in general, as well as my own personal journey as a creative being, and really came to mind um, all of the different ways I think that first and foremost, we define creativity. Um, some of us define it, I believe, in a, as I once did, in a very limited way. Um, and then, of course, all the different ways we engage with that creative aspect of ourself and all the different reasons why many of us don't. So coming off of this, this project of completion, I think it's a, a helpful topic to begin to unpack because, like I said, I, I believe creativity is inherent in each of us though I imagine many of you listening might not be resonating with thinking of yourself as even a, a creative being. I know at one point I definitely didn't myself. When you look at us as a whole, just as a species, even as humans, I mean, we once were tiny little specks that now have created into such dynamic and unique beings in our expression, in how we look, in how we speak, in all that we do. And I think there's so much kind of a narrow-minded focus on creativity as if there is a singular definition or creativity means the arts. It means painting or it means music or it means dance. When in reality, we're creating in every moment of the day from sunup to sundown and even in our dreams, really in our sleep, everything is a creation. And it's our our presence and consciousness that can then actually consciously channel or create something intentional or have an intuitive creativity, if you will. Yeah. And so as, as I've been doing, those of you who've been tuning into these episodes every now and again, um, the, wor the word Smith in me Googles. And I was actually interested in, well, what does create? What is the definition of it? And to speak to your very beautiful point, Jenna, that to create means simply to bring something into existence. It doesn't even say what the something necessarily is though, like many of us and like you're describing, I did think it was putting paint on a, on a paper. And for a long time I did that. I actually took art classes up through high school. And so there was a point in time where I was kind of checking that box of traditional creativity, other things that come to mind are creative writing, poems, all of that type of expression. And after high school, when I didn't focus my time and my attention on the arts in that way, um, that was probably the last time you would have ever heard me even referencing or describing myself as a creative being. So while the definition is much more broad and I did continue to bring things into existence, even like you're saying, my self-expression, how I, I love tattoos, I for a very long time wore a mohawk. There was a lot of ways I was creating an expression in the world, but because I was, like many of us, taught that much more limited view. I was minimizing, I think, the things that I was doing daily. While we're always creating and being these creative, expressive beings, really all throughout our day, our lives are a depiction of our creativity. I can hear a lot of people listening to that and thinking, well, no, I'm not creative. Mm -hmm. I don't have creative expressions all throughout the day. So no, you're wrong, Jenna. Mm -hmm. When really we're talking about maybe two separate things ourselves are, you know, to bring to life. We are life. We are actually creation itself. Us living and breathing throughout the day is creation. And then we have a sort of focused or like funneled creation. If you were sitting down to sketch, maybe that is a creative or an artistic outlet. And I think 
or maybe would offer to just sort of broaden anyone who's listening and my own included, broaden all of our perspectives on what creation is, or maybe kind of just take the lid off of it and really zoom out and see, you know, how you brush your teeth in the morning, how you butter your toast, how you do anything is an outlet to be creative. I might have an extra 10 minutes and I might spend time decorating my morning breakfast or making it look beautiful because it's something that I enjoy. Now that enjoyment is sparking a part of me that is joy. That is a, that is creativity really coming out of me in an aligned way with my authentic self. And a lot of the time when we're talking about things like dance or music, something that's very clearly a creative or artistic expression, a lot of the magic in that is that we're expressing our authentic self. There's an alignment with our outward expression and our inner authentic self. Now, that's a beautiful aspect of creation and intuitive creativity. That's what was poured into this project that we've been working on that was a, a huge creative outlet and it was very channeled creativity. And while those bigger projects or those, you know, bigger creations that you see through are essential to our evolvement and our healing as evolving and ever expanding beings, there's also these micro moments all throughout the day for us to begin to tap into that creativity, to start to even meet our own inner expression before we go and paint it across the world. I will go as far to say, um, describing and, and embodying our creative self in those micro moments is where for a lot of us, our self-expression begins. And because the way you're describing this, which is exactly the case, right? When I'm aligned with my authentic self, seemingly anything that I'm doing, thinking, any way I'm being, any way I'm expressing my toast in that moment becomes an extension of that self, that's assuming that I'm safe enough to in inhabit that space. And I think what's important to acknowledge when we're having this conversation about creativity is how involved our, our body is and specifically our nervous system in particular. And when our nervous system doesn't feel safe, if we're stuck, stuck in fight or flight, if we're living in an actually threatening environment itself, the creative part of our brain actually more or less, I'm going to simplify this, but more or less shuts down because when survival is at stake, decorating our toast in a very pretty way isn't our priority in that moment. So when I say that inhabiting those moments, a lot of us aren't living in, in a safe body. We're not maybe even living in a safe environment. We need to learn how to create that safety. And it begins in those small moments of time so that as I become safer in my body, then I can find what that alignment is. I can figure out how I want to express myself in that moment. And I can't do that if I'm quite literally stuck in survival mode. As I know, I once was. So when my body was locked in fight or flight, when I was dissociated living on my spaceship, until I learned to regulate my body, I was not able to, to be creative in this way. So I think it's important, again, to highlight for those of us out there who know that we've had traumatic past experiences, who might know that our body is still stuck in fight or flight, knowing that then the foundation needs to be built in our bodies first to even allow us to enter into that aligned state that you're beautifully describing. There's a consistent thread that really runs through all of our episodes, all of our work, all of our conversations, and all these tools or this concept of creativity or creative expression and how you can't immediately access that if you're in fight or flight, if you are dysregulated. And we hear that come up each episode. We hear that come up really every day in our work, that that baseline of dysregulation sort of narrows the window of 
some of the resources that we're able to grab or that we are able to access and utilize. So creativity or really in all of the concepts and tools that we talk about, I always appreciate finding some kind of way to actually utilize the tool itself to help you get back to a regulated place because it is very difficult to say, you know, I'm going to create some time over here to have creative expression, or I'm going to make time for this creative outlet. And most of us aren't walking around as these perfectly balanced, regulated beings, which is why you're drawn to this podcast in the first place, or one of the many reasons, or why our work even exists in the first place. These conversations of evolving, of healing, of transformation, we're all yearning to go back into this balance to see what magic and boldness is created from that place. So I do keep in mind and very mindful all the time that a lot of us listening are dysregulated. We are in that fight or flight more often than not. And it's a consistent thread in our conversations and in our work that a lot of the tools or concepts we talk about, the window for availability of accessing them tends to shorten when we're in fight or flight, right? When when we're balanced and we're grounded, we can pull all these tools out of our <laughs> toolbox. We know how to implement anything we can get ourselves through. Well, when we're in a chaotic internal state or we're dysregulated, it's harder to access all these things that we know. You know, we we do know how to heal. We do know how to come back to our own breath. We know how to schedule time to practice a creative expression. We know a lot of things. It's the implementing of them, the actual action that is the hard part. And sometimes I even look at the work we put out or conversations I have and I'm like, wow, it's it really seems so simplistic. And it is. The teaching is so simplistic. Like this month in the Self-Healer Circle, our virtual membership is, we released a course on gratitude. So we're talking about the cultivation and embodiment of gratitude. Much like here, we're talking about creativity. And they seem like such basic concepts. And sometimes I look at it thinking like, you know, you got to add more, Jenna. You got to make gratitude a little more complex. Make creativity <laughs> in this podcast conversation a bit more complex when that's not it at all. It is actually very simple. It's the action of it that is complex. It's the actual doing that really challenges us and really tests us. So if we're in a consistency of dysregulation, which is why a lot of us are here doing the work in the first place, I can see where it gets really frustrating then to hear, well, you know, in order to express this, you have to be regulated. But in order to be regulated, you also need this. It's kind of like a double-edged sword. So in anything that we're talking about, I always try and find the window or find a way that I can actually implement the tool. So in this case, this concept of creativity, how can I actually utilize creativity to help bring me back into balance versus me trying, you know, over here being completely dysregulated, trying to find a creative outlet to help me calm down. Now, what does that look like for me? I really love photography. I love nature. Nature is really calming and very grounding to me. A lot of my camera roll in my phone is filled with thousands of photos that I very likely may never do anything with, though there are usually dozens, if not hundreds of photos every day of me just being outside and finding little bits of nature that bring me a lot of peace or bring me a lot of beauty. Me even snapping those and keeping them in my camera roll is a form of creativity and creative expression. Now, it's actually a form of me taking a moment to ground myself and connect back with nature. 
when we're talking about, you know, embodying, as we often do the practice of creativity, I think one of the, the greatest lessons for me to learn was that as most things, even creativity or my desire to, to be creative. So for me, like with you, it's photography. For me, it's, it's when I cook. And when I cook, when I'm making dinner, that's where my creative expression comes out. However, there still are moments in, in my life when I'm tired, when my resources are low, where if I'm honest, I don't have that desire to be creative in that, in that way with say my cooking self-expression or in terms of our projects and our work, there are some times where it's much harder to produce that much more channeled version of creativity. So what I'm speaking to here, and again, my greatest lesson is learning that our desire to be creative or to be self-expressed in some moments ebbs and flows. Again, sometimes with the resources that we have available to us, I notice that when I'm tired, when I've had a long day, I might not feel like embodying my creative self in that moment. And that's okay too. What I also notice though, is a running fear in my mind in those moments of, oh my gosh, my desire to, to, to be creative in my cooking or to cook in general, or, or my desire to put out creations into the world, like this podcast, like the other content we put out, my fear is always that won't come back. And so for me, it's learning to embrace those moments where, you know, my creative self-expression feels much more aligned, feels closer, feels much more accessible and learning how to fall back and to give myself the rest or whatever it is that I need to rebalance myself so that those moments can and will return and battling all of the while that little voice that's telling me, oh my gosh, this might be the moment where that creativity goes away forever. The idea that creativity can go away forever is a story that our minds have made up. Creativity can't appear. It can't disappear. It can't be given. It can't be taken away. Creativity just is. It's just in existence. Our very life and humanity is the essence and expression of creativity, really. It's to bring something into being. So really, even how you're listening to this podcast right now, or how if you're watching this podcast on YouTube, how you're watching, how you're internalizing, how you're receiving what we're saying, what you're hearing, what you're thinking while you're hearing it, those are all creative expressions. They may be creative expressions that are happening internally, and they are the very definition and expression of creativity. Creativity is in our thoughts. It's how we look at things. Even looking at this idea of taking pictures outside as a way to ground myself or bring myself back into balance so that I can express more creatively. That idea was just a creative way of looking at a situation and saying, if I'm stuck in fight or flight and can't do much, then I can't really do anything to get myself out of here. So now I do have to be creative. I do have to be resourceful. So you could also try creativity on really as a different way of looking at things. How can you maneuver a situation differently? How can you perceive a situation differently? It's just a rearranging of thought really, or a new way of thought. I think what's really beautiful here is what you're really doing, Jenna, is you're honoring, right? Create creativity as an extension really of us. And I imagine there's probably a lot of you out there listening that maybe, maybe having an aha moment, like, wow, I am creating more than I once thought I was, you know, having these ideas, having everything that's going through my mind. And I think what a lot of you might realize is there then is a hurdle between 
sharing that with the world. And then there's a lot of reasons, obviously, that we can go into of why we don't then share our expression with the world, why we don't think it's enough just to share our lens, our viewpoint, our thoughts in any given moment. And usually they have to do with what we're, what will other people think? How will it be for me to express myself to this person? Will they receive me? Will they reject me? And usually it's that fear that prevents us from, from living in that expression. So a lot of you probably are having a lot of the creativity internally and might find it difficult to translate that then for many different fears of sharing that expression with the world. You could even remove creativity from everything that Nicole just said and just look at the fear. We as a species, as people stop ourselves from doing things, whatever that thing may be. We stop ourselves from doing, we stop ourselves from speaking, we stop ourselves from expressing and sharing in a whole multitude of ways because of fear, because we're fearful. What are we fearful of? Well, we're fearful of the other person's opinion, whether or not we want to admit it, we're programmed to need community, to need acceptance. So if we have this subconscious underlying fear of, you know, if I put something out there and someone doesn't like it or it's not for them, which is going to happen, what you put out into the world might be available to everyone, but it's not going to be for everyone. And when you do put yourself out there and someone out there in this abyss of the rest of the world isn't aligned or doesn't like it, and that message returns to you and you get that feedback, there is something that actually goes up into your system. There's a, a nervous system response that puts you even more sometimes into fight or flight because now your very acceptance into this community that you need to survive feels threatened. It's the same as if, you know, we were back thousands of years ago and I was walking out of a bush and there was a tiger right in front of me. My body can go through that same physical response. And I think what's really helpful here, really creativity, sharing, expressing anything we're talking about. We always have where we are right now, right? We all have point A and everyone tries to get to point B. And I've learned for myself, it's very helpful to instead of going from point A to point B, practice going from point A to point C, knowing that C is where I want to be and I have expectation. I have this whole middle point where I'm expecting that feedback. I'm expecting that adversity and expecting that challenge. And I'm creatively receiving that feedback even and using it as a way to, to grow, to evolve to expand. Whatever is going to challenge me, it's my responsibility to then alchemize that, do something with that that doesn't halt me and stop me from moving forward, but that somehow allows me to expand so that I can keep going. That's actually just looking at a situation or looking at a challenge creatively. When we're talking about you know feedback and how it really does connect to our relationships and our connections, when we're talking about creativity and self-expression, of course, it's naturally painful to feel badly or feel upset if you, if and when, which, cause it is more or less an inevitable, you do get, you know, criticism, you do get judged, you do get critiqued. I think what's really important to acknowledge, just like when we're looking at all of our relationships, you know, not 
all people are going to find their way into a close relationship with us. We are attracted to different characteristics of a person. We vibe with different people differently. So normal human variation happens in relationships. And anytime we, we receive, you know, over the top, knock down, tearing you down level criticism, I always like to remind ourselves while it might feel personal because we're sharing some aspect of ourself and we're getting this, this very large reaction back. Oftentimes when the reaction is really big, just like we see in ourselves, there's something deeper happening. There's some aspect of our expression that is activating a deeper wound in this other human. Um, more often than not, when we're not reactive like that, most of us can tolerate differences of opinion. We just stay away from that person. They might not come home or be in our immediate group, um, but we can tolerate allowing other people to have differences. When we have or when we receive that really over-the-top reactive emotional response, oftentimes, again, it's because something deeper is happening in that person. So while on the one level, it may feel like, oh, geez, they're really reacting negatively to me, some of the times we can teach ourselves how to expand and hold space that they might be reacting to our expression in that moment, but their reaction might be coming from a deeper wound. I think it's really helpful to look at all data or feedback that we get from things that we put out into the world, big or small on a macro scale or a micro scale, even just something that maybe you show your partner, looking at all of it as exactly what it is, which is just data. It's just feedback. It's all information that is there for us to do whatever we want with it. And we most of us, I speak for everyone who is listening or is on this journey, very well probably knows by now you can't fix or change anyone over there. There actually isn't anyone to fix or change as much as we might think there is or we may want to. The only person we can ever focus on and ever really have a lasting impact or evolution with is ourselves. When we focus on us, that's what unconsciously then gives way to different surroundings or different relationships or different responses. It's first over here with us. And that's how we receive. That's how we internalize feedback. And as I'm sitting here listening to Nicole speak and realizing, wow, we went down this path of talking about creativity and now kind of the backlash that you'll get from putting yourself out into the world or that adversity that does come. And even I'm wondering, why are we putting so much focus on that? The reality is it does come up. And this is another place where this infamous connection with ourself that we always talk about is so crucial and so important because anytime you put anything out into the world that is an expression of you in whatever form, you're opening up to feedback, to the feedback that you want and the feedback maybe that you don't want. And even that feedback that you maybe you don't want or that harsh feedback that maybe doesn't feel good or feels painful, that's also necessary in some way for your evolution. And I believe it's so important here to stay connected to why you're doing it in the first place, to stay connected with yourself. I know even when I record these podcasts, sometimes I get really anxious after. If I feel like it was a good episode, I might feel better. If Sometimes it can be frustrating and we go into critique mode. And I've started to really witness myself, kind of survey myself, if you will, after recording these podcast episodes when I do get anxious or I just need a moment to myself and I start to pick apart, okay, well, what did you say that you wished you could have perfected or changed or what was it? And then 
I start to actually witness myself and separate myself from all this chatter that's happening of this critique and all of the feedback that I'll get that might be negative. And I start to actually check in with Jenna and I foster and spend a moment just focusing on that connection. And I think, okay, well, why did you do that podcast episode? What attachment, what meaning, what value are you giving all this feedback? And does that really overturn why you're doing it in the first place? Is all of that feedback more important than the value of what I'm creating? And the answer for me is no. I continue to show up. I love that you're kind of bringing us back full circle again, Jenna, to this connection with yourself because this the same conversation applies to that feedback from others because sometimes other, other people do offer us a perspective that we can't ourselves see because we are all very subjective to our thoughts, our ideas, our life as we're living it because we're living it from the first person. So some people can provide us, you know, that feedback that sometimes we get and we want to cringe and roll our eyes and not believe it's true though. If we were to view for ourselves, we would see that too. That doesn't mean though, because someone suggested it, that we take it on as our truth. Going back like you're describing and to our own home base, trying it on for size, maybe trying to see myself from this perception that someone shared about me and see if there's truth in there. We all ultimately have choice, choice in the meetings that we're assigning to the feedback, choice in what we do with it. It doesn't mean that we should just turn a blind eye to it. That's not the choice that's always helpful. The choice that's helpful is trying it on for size and then allowing you to take what fits. Even if sometimes what fits is an uncomfortable truth, you can create ownership of it in that space. And that's, again, why we show up. All of these conversations, all of the work we put out there is hopefully inspiring those of you listening to know yourselves, to begin to know yourselves in this way so that you can put out your creative expression. You can be open to the feedback, some of it that you might want to try on for size and it might be uncomfortable, and other feedback that might not apply to you and only you get to decide what choice you make. And as always, looking forward to joining you again on our next episode of the Self Healer Soundboard.